Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Do you think on January 1st, 2023, Dan Snyder is still the owner of the Washington football team? Or Commanders? <laughs> had so many names. I think about money way too much and love these stories way too much, but I still don't really know about the transactional timeline of the pseudo forced sale of an NFL team against a crazy egomaniacal billionaire's will. So like if I had to bet by new year's, I'd say he still is the owner of the team. Wow. Just because these things take forever and he's so stubborn. But I do think that this ends with him losing the team. I just have no idea or no reason to expect it to go quickly. Oh, man. I mean, I, I know he... I think this might be his last... I think this might America. be his last... I think this might be his last home game. I mean... Look at the stuff... I'm just saying, like, everything's happening so fast. They're getting the government involved, looking into his in, into his business practices. You know, there was the, obviously, the stuff with, with the women inside the organization that was just despicable. I'm not really sure how that didn't cost him his well, ownership. But that's my point. Like, the, it almost seemed like he weathered the worst of it. And now it's just a, it's like a bleep measuring contest. And listen, when... If, when the headline came out, the, the, the first time I really believed it was happening wasn't about any of that stuff. It was when the headline came out last week of he, you know, brought on Bank of America to explore the sale of a team. You don't do that if you're not really considering what you can get for your team. You know, you, so like, I think it's, I'm with you. I, I think it's happening, but I just think the... This man is not going to sell for a discount. He is going to want bidders. He's not going to want the appearance of being forced out. I don't think it's going to happen in the middle of the season. Um, you know, I 
I think that there have been like three or four smoking guns against Dan Snyder, and he's still here. So uh, I just I it nothing about that man strikes me as you know it would be better for all involved if we just got this done quick and painless and easy. Like he apparently I, like threatened all the owners. I think that team is. I think that's one of the saddest stories in pro sports. What's happened to them and their fan base? Yeah, stadiums used to every be, week. They used to be one of the most passionate, fanatical groups of fans. That was a that was a great fan base. And to see what's happened to them, to their stadium, to the, the they haven't won a playoff game, I think, since what, like 06 or 07. Um, you know, I'm I think the NFL's better when there's a good team there. So I hope it happens fast and I'd like to see them relevant again. So I, I listen, man, I, I hope you're right. Uh it's long overdue. And again, I think it's going to happen. I just I would I'd bet on Dan Snyder having more than one one more home game. Uh oh, here we go. Bottom of the rundown. Time for the AFC South. Uh Colts Patriots. Which of these teams, if either, I don't know if this is like an SAT question, we can do none of the above, is closer to replacing their franchise quarterback? Whew. Um, dude, this is really hard. I don't see a path for either of them. <laughs> this is really hard. Uh, I well, mean, ne- got- neither one, neither one has an option on the roster, right? We're ruling out Mac Jones. Yeah, I think he's like a Chad Pennington type. Okay, so we're ruling out Mac Jones. So neither one has a an option on the roster, and neither one is poised to, you know, likely have a top ten pick. It's possible, obviously. Right, New England. New England is four and four, and the Colts are three, four, and one. So unlikely that either team just is sitting there. Maybe one of them has like the eleventh pick. That's where Fields went, and you could trade a future first to move up to the sixth pick and take the third quarterback in this class. Right, like that's possible. But well, so this is so uh, this is how I'll try to answer that. I think I'm in, just saying. In, I, I, I t- tell me who finishes with the worst record, and I'll tell you that's the team that's technically so, a percentage or two points closer to finding the next so guy. I, so, so I think the Colts. Both teams have shown the Colts are trying to do it every year as a different guy. I think that comes from the owner. That's a directive from him. I think you know he wanted Wentz out. I think then they get Ryan, and I think he got sick of Ryan, and then they go to Ellinger. So you know he's just doing, he's leaving no stone unturned in the post-luck era. I think Belichick's reputation is if you're not getting it done, I don't care where I drafted you, I'll do the same thing. So to me, like, I guess, even though I've been critical of Belichick, the GM, I do think he's better at, like, he has not made a big trade for a quarterback. He drafted a guy in the middle of the first round. He took a buy-low risk on, on Cam Newton. He said, I might as well draft another quarterback in 2022 in the mid-rounds just to see if I cash in a lottery ticket on Zappi. So I think he'll do it after this season. I think he'll try to trade for somebody. But 
I don't know what assets the Colts have left. And I think they no, might just what... blow up. I don't know what. Are they going to be loyal to Ballard and, and Reich and give them another chance to find another quarterback? They just fired their offensive coordinator there. I so, I would say I, New I, England, but I don't feel great about that answer. No, I think I think it's marginal percentage points in either direction. I don't think either team has a clear path towards it. And I mean, yeah, Belichick's the smartest mind in the room, but how much longer is he going to do it for? I I think it's a toss up, and I think it's I think it's honestly like none of the above. Man, I think they are purgatory teams, dude. They, they are. are big time purgatory teams, the Colts and Patriots. Yeah, which is crazy given that the Colts were odds on favorite to win the division, a bad division coming into this year and like the last couple of years, even though the Titans have beaten them out. Uh, Panthers and Bengals. Cincy right now is 50 50 to make the playoffs. You think they get in? Baltimore schedule is so easy. They need Jackson to get injured. That's the only way I think the Ravens lose the AFC North at this point. That schedule difference from a first place team from last year, Cincy, to a third place team, the Ravens have gotten all their tough games out of the out of the way. Yeah, Cincy still has Chiefs at home, Bills at home, Ravens at home. And then in New England, in Tampa, in Tennessee, in Pittsburgh, home against Carolina. That was not in order. That was in the pseudo order of difficulty. Now do Baltimore. Baltimore. It's it's Danny. They might not. They might if if Lamar Jackson's healthy. They might not lose another game. In New Orleans, home against Carolina. I am doing this one in order. In New Orleans, home against Carolina, in Jacksonville, home against Denver, in Pittsburgh, in Cleveland, home against Atlanta, home against Pittsburgh, in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's that's easy. But is the path, I mean, the path for Cincy is also Wilds card, an AFC not as strong as we thought. So they beat the Jets head-to-head. So let's say if you have Miami and Buffalo in the East, there's two. You got the AFC South winner Indy. There's or uh, Tennessee. There's three. You've got Baltimore winning the AFC North. There's four. Kansas City in the West. That's five. Uh, LA maybe six. So yeah, I guess Cincinnati would be the seventh team. I bet on them. That's that, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking, team. right? You you. So they they're four. They're four and four. Say you need to get to nine. Carolina one. Pittsburgh two. Let's not give them in Tennessee. Let's not give them Chiefs. Cleveland at home three. In Tampa, in New England, home against Buffalo, home against Baltimore. I don't know that there's five wins on that schedule. Like the thing is, obviously, they're so susceptible to big time pass rushers, right? Like Parsons. Garrett, right? Like they, they're so susceptible. Then who's the seventh playoff team in the AFC at the halfway point? Is it the Jets? Is it New England? Is it I mean it could be the five win Jets right now? Is it the Browns who rally once they get Deshaun Watson back? Um since his schedule is so brutal, 
at the end in December. But I would still bet on Chase to get healthy and Burrow above some of the other teams that we've talked about here. Well, what's the Jets' schedule? So they lose to Buffalo, then it's New England, the Bears, the Vikings, the Bills, the Lions, the Jags, the Seahawks, and the Dolphins. And they already have five wins. Yeah, but that's not easy. I mean, that's... I'm not saying it's easy, but but if you if you say that they they might be favored in only three or four of those remaining games, tops. Well, if they win four of them, that's nine. Yeah, but if they lose the tiebreaker to the Bengals, right? So I think they, I think Bear, since... Bears, Bears, Lions, Jaguars give Jets wins in those three games, and then you got to win one more to get to nine. Yeah. And hope Cincinnati stuck on eight. And hope Cincinnati stuck on eight because you lose the tiebreaker. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I guess because of the tiebreaker, the Jets, a small lean towards Cincy making it. Small lean. It's it's even money? Yeah. All right. All right, last one is the Holy Jaguars. Shit. Did you just see this catch in the World Series game? What's the score? Oh, my God. Uh... One Astros up one bottom of the ninth ball driven to the wall, leaping catch at the wall for, with two outs. Astros are up three, two Harper now at the dish as the last out for Philly. So I, unbelievable I, catch. I originally was going to ask you something about the Jacksonville Vegas game. Sorry about that. But now I'm, that's all right. Now I'm more intrigued because Jaguars fans came after you on Twitter Oh, I got barbecued. And it reminded me, and it slipped my mind. I'm like, holy shit, when I was putting this rundown together, I don't know how I did this, but I forgot about Calvin Ridley, which I friggin' love that trade for Jacksonville. Me too. I wish, I wish the Steelers had done that. I wish the Bears had done it. Wouldn't you rather have Calvin Ridley than Chase Claypool? I said that as soon as it happened. But the problem is, is that you, but Ridley doesn't get to play this year, and you don't know for sure that he gets to play next year. Oh, they gotta let him play next year with all the sports betting ads they run on games. They have I know to suspend it indefinitely. But I, I listen. I assume so. But you don't. But you don't get the nine games this year. And obviously, Claypool's younger than than Ridley. So I, I understand why a first-time general manager did not make that move. Uh, eight games into the job. But have you ever seen a trade like that? No, I've never seen a player that's suspended for sports betting get traded while he's been suspended. Okay, fine. I Remove this the, is the first in dude, NFL history. There were multiple stipulations based on like, it, the draft pick is this if he gets reinstated by this date. It's this if he gets reinstated by this date. If they it's, sign him to an extension, the draft pick yeah. gets better. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but, but between those two, there was also the depending on how many snaps he plays for us, it the the pick can be this. But then if we sign him to an extension, it can be it, it can become this. That was unbelievable. Like, just like the the I didn't I'll, hand up, bad job by me. I didn't even know that Calvin Ridley was allowed to be traded. Well, how was that a bad job by you? Who? Why? Why would that have been on your radar at all? Well, because clearly when he came back, he wasn't going to play for the Falcons again. Why? I, I get. I mean, I don't. I would not look at that as a as a mortal sin if I'm Arthur Blank. Like this guy needs to actually. Be you know what? You're right. Kicked out because of our organization. We, we had talked about having Ridley and Pitts and London 
for a, for a quarterback to go to. You're right. I, yeah. I don't, did you know it was even allowed? No. Did you know that one of the bets Ridley put in was for the Falcons to beat the Jaguars? That was one of the bets he got suspended for. I thought it was just a parlay. Well, that was one of the legs of the parlay. Atlanta oh, had nice. to be Jacksonville. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I said, you know, I I I thought two things could have happened with that. I, I actually have two two spinoffs from that. Number one is I thought Ridley, if he didn't want to play in the NFL again. FanDuel or Rivers or somebody should have hired him as an analyst. That would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, that would have been amazing. And the other thing, my other bold prediction, on we, we didn't touch, we just mentioned the Panthers. P.J. Walker starting that game. Here's, here's a takeaway point. I think Baker Mayfield next year will be out of the NFL and he will either be on Amazon or he will be calling a big college football game for a network. That's my prediction that I think there's more money for him in TV than there is as a backup quarterback somewhere next year. And I think he's shown it with his commercials. He's opinionated. He takes things personally. He fits the sports media in 2022 about as well as anybody. He is perfect for, for a job that we do. He's great. He'll be great at it. I like this take a lot. <laughs> right? Get like Herb Street out of there and put Al Michaels with Baker Mayfield. I like Herbie. On college games, I like him. I don't want him in the NFL. Well, I don't think he does a good job with pro games. I think he's pretty good. Uh, I love that opinion, but I also think it would be even funnier if he like came for Shannon Sharp's job. Like... Which which is not pay more than like what Tony Roman did, but if he if he wanted to like really like go at his old nemesis cowherd or something and get yeah. into the sports take debate game, that'd be hilarious. Baker Mayfield's takes on the NBA. Well, I don't know what Fox was going to pay Cutler to be their number two guy, but not guess, more than he can make in the NFL. Yeah, probably not. But to no, it's, they, it's a, there's a huge drop. I mean, Cutler left that gig to go take the ten million dollars from Adam Gase and the Dolphins for one year. You know, I think I think the well, number what's, two what's guy, Amazon paying Kirk Herbstreit? Oh, they're paying Kirk, but that's a number one guy. There's a huge difference. I think Mayfield could go right in and do just as well as Romo. Uh, well, I, he's not getting he'd 180 million dollars. He'd rip. You don't think? No. No, I think he's so polarizing and so natural on TV that he would get huge money. I think that the only the, the the number one game analysts get huge money, and then everybody else gets good money. Okay, right? like I the number two guy, you know, Charles Davis. I don't even know if he makes a million dollars a year. <laughs> what? I I don't know why I find this funny, but like Charles Davis probably did not think he'd catch a stray from some Odyssey football podcast on a Thursday who, night, but here he who is would now. Kill to make a million dollars a year, <laughs> yeah, of course. But I mean, you know, it's true. You think Dan Fouts was making what Romo's making? No, he was making seven hundred grand to be the number two. Well, then maybe he's better off doing like a first take show or something like that. 
there might be big money in that for Baker Mayfield, and I could see him doing it. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he can put it. He can put a nice little thing together. Do a podcast. Do a first take show. Be the number two or number three analyst. Wait for wait for Aikman to retire from Monday Night Football in five years. Slide right in, and call college game. Yeah, no, he. I mean, listen, man, he can make a couple million bucks in media, no question. If he's if he's willing to grind, but he's not getting Tony Romo money. Let's slow down. But I love all right, Danny. Thing. All right, Danny. We'll talk we after way too week. long. This is way too long. It's just you, me, and Nick Wright listening right now. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Thank you, Spencer Ray. We'll talk next week.